episode 387, Fear is the Mind Killer. A word of encouragement inspired by Dune. Welcome to the Strangers and Aliens podcast. Strangers. <laughs> to boldly say what needs to be said. Would you be a stranger or an alien? Or would you be a strange alien? The truth is out there. I am your father's best friend's plumber. Superman. Heroes. Villains. Captain Picard versus Captain Kirk. Do you think that there's room in sci-fi for God? The very first thing that God did was that he created something. So we have a creative God. This is Strangers and Aliens Podcast. Hi, I'm Ben, Ben Avery, and this is Strangers and Aliens. Strangers and Aliens is a podcast and a video series about science fiction and fantasy and faith and Christianity. And you can find the podcast over at uh, strangersandaliens.com. You can watch the videos at youtube.com slash strangersandaliens. And this is going out to both feeds. So I don't know where you're listening to this or watching this, but however you're doing it, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're spending some time with me because this is actually going to be more of a commentary on something that happens in one of the most famous pieces of science fiction that there is. And that most famous piece of science fiction that there is, is, is Dune. And it is a famous piece of science fiction uh, for good reason. I mean, this is an amazing, amazing book. And this copy that I have was, uh, I won it as a prize. And uh this is a really nice copy of the book. And getting this copy in the mail is actually one of the things that made me think about doing this little mini devotional about, um, well, about a scene in Dune. The scene is the one where he is brought before uh, the Bene Gesserit mother, and she is going to put him to a test. Now, just so you can see, though, this, this volume here, I'm going to take the dust jacket off in just a moment because it's just going to be easier for me to... Um, to read from it, but uh, the cover is beautiful with just the, the color design on there with that blue and orange, uh, but it's just that that um, aqua blue, you know, and so you have the, the sand and the water kind of a dichotomy going on there, and then when you take the dust cover off, the inside, this whole full dust cover here is just beautiful. I, in fact, I thought about taking this and actually flipping it on the book so that it, this would be the dust cover that you see. It's just beautiful with the dunes and uh, just very old school feel with the painting style and everything. And then on the inside front cover, it's another painting of uh, some of the caverns here. And then you have uh, a sandworm there in this and the back cover and the moons in the background, just some beautiful artwork there. But then kind of imprinted into the front cover is this phrase. And if you're watching from the video, I, I hope you can see it. And if you're listening on the podcast, I know you can't see it. But it says fear is the mind killer. And so I said, you know, getting this copy of this book and then seeing the movie caused me to think about this uh, idea. Well, this is what caused me is the when I took off the dust jacket and saw this where it says fear is the mind killer. And it just yeah, got me thinking. 
it's a great scene. And what's going on there, there's some really interesting things going on. There's a lot going on. But the main thing is uh, he's standing before her and she puts puts the Gamjabar near his neck. And it's going to, um, if he moves, just even the slightest movement, it'll prick him and it will kill him. And so she is testing to see if he is a human or not. And uh, an animal will succumb to fear to get out of a situation. An animal will gnaw its leg off to get out of a trap. Um, so she has this pin or this, this needle basically to his neck. And then she puts his hand in a box. And that's the whole thing is, uh, that's just the famous visual, putting the hand in the box. He has to then survive the pain. The pain is going to cause him to move or not. And he thinks about the litany against fear. So he's trapped. If he moves, he dies. And so the, the book says, and whatever it was, he knew himself caught in it, trapped by that hand at his neck, the Jamgabar. He recalled the response from the litany against fear as his mother had taught him out of the Bene Gesserit right. I must not fear. Fear is the mind killer. Fear is the little death that brings total obliteration. I will face my fear. I will permit it to pass over me and through me. And when it has gone past, I will turn the inner eye to see its path. Where the fear has gone, there will be nothing. Only I will remain. And he, he passes the test. He does better than anyone has ever done. And of course he has, because he is the one, capital O. He is the, the chosen one, the Messiah. And later on, this idea comes back. And there's a couple different times where they talk about the litany. But one of the times is when they are trying to escape. It's Jessica and Paul. Jessica is Paul's mother. And they're trying to escape. And they're, they're flying through a terrible sandstorm. They get out of the storm and Jessica felt her heart pounding. She forced herself to calmness, looking at the diminishing storm. She felt reborn. It was like the litany, she thought. We faced it and did not resist. The storm passed through us and around us. It's gone, but we remain. And then he thinks the same thing. Later on on the page here, he shivered. The sensation was magnetic and terrifying, and he found himself caught on the question of what caused this trembling awareness. Part of it, he felt, was the spice-saturated diet of Arrakis, but he thought part of it could be the litany, as though the words had a power of their own. I shall not fear. Cause and effect. He was alive despite malignant forces, and he felt himself poised on a brink of self-awareness that could not have been without the litany's magic. One of the things in my mind that just kind of get, gets conjured by the litany is this idea of, uh, of a tree kind of weathering a storm, just solitary, standing in soil. And just as the storm comes through and comes crashing around, um, it stands and it sways and it stands and it sways. And when it's gone, the storm is gone, but the tree remains. And that's kind of the idea that I get when I think about what Paul is talking about there. And the, the thing is, the litany has some kernels of truth, but in the world of Dune, this whole idea of to conquer fear is to have strength. You conquer fear and you conquer yourself and you conquer the adversity. And it's all about inner strength and inner will. And that's not the, it's not the biblical response to fear that I think we should have. This litany against fear made me think about scriptures about fear. Uh, made me think about, um, well, made me think about a lot of Psalms and you have Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I have what I need. He lets me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He renews my life. 
He leads me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even when I go through the darkest valley, I fear no danger, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And then we have uh, Psalm 27, 1. It says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Whom shall I dread? Or refuge is in some other versions of this. Uh, the Lord is my refuge. The Lord is my stronghold. Uh, we have uh, Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength a helper who is always found in times of trouble. Therefore, we will, will not be afraid, though the earth trembles and the mountains topple into the depths of the seas, though its water roars and foams and the mountains quake with its turmoil. God is our refuge and our strength. And you, again, have this idea of with fear is the mind killer and the whole I will not fear and the litany where it says, I will face my fear. I'll permit it to pass over me and through me. And when it is gone, I will turn my inner eye to see its path. Where the fear has gone, there will be nothing. Only I will remain. You have the storm and this, you know, the inner strength has been enough and only I remain. But here it's this idea of I'm in the midst of a refuge. I am in a safe stronghold. And when the storm has gone, the refuge is still here. The refuge is still here. Psalm 91, he will cover you with his feathers you will take refuge under his wings. His faithfulness will be a protective shield. You will not fear the terror of the night, the arrow that flies by day, the plague that stalks in the darkness, or the pestilence that ravages at noon. Whenever I read this verse, it makes me think of the old uh, Carmen song where it says, uh, just because it says he'll protect you with his feathers and his wings, that don't mean that God's a great big chicken. But it kind of does, metaphorically, obviously, where he is protecting you. And again, this is not a solitary figure standing against the storm. This is a figure with a protector standing against the storm. And that takes me then to my favorite verse in the whole Bible, which is Joshua 1, 9. And if I had a verse that I would call my, my life verse, it would be Joshua 1, 9. It's, have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you are. And there's a distinct idea here where it's at first it's saying, be strong, be courageous. And that statement alone could go along with Paul's litany. Be strong, be courageous, stand firm against the storm. But then there's that why. And I think I might have talked about this on the podcast before, but that why is for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you are. And so what I want to talk about is how, you know, fear drives us. Fear is natural. You know, when you see a mouse in my house, if there is a mouse, people are going to be panicking. And that fear is driving them to take care of the mouse. Now that fear is driving them to get me to take care of the mouse. But that's a whole nother story. Okay. God has given us these natural responses, organic responses, chemical responses to outside stimuli where we can feel fear, we can feel scared. You have this natural fear of just, again, these things that are happening around us, things that are out of control. Fear, financial fears, okay? Um, health fears, we have um, 
fears about our, our jobs or fears about our school and schoolwork, fears about our family and you know what's going to happen to my children or with my children. These are all things that are out of our control. These are all things that we have to respond to well. Well, how do we respond to them? Well, we can do like Paul does and stand strong and just be strong and stand against them. Or we can stand in the word and stand in the refuge of the Lord. Fear needs to not just drive us to act and not just drive us to panic, but it needs to drive our focus. Mark chapter 4, verses 35 through 41 gives a great example of fear and its focus. On that day, when evening had come, he told them, let's cross over to the other side of the sea. So they left the crowd and took him along since he was in the boat and other boats were with him. A great windstorm arose and the waves were breaking over the boat so that the boat was already being swamped. He was in the stern, sleeping on the cushion. So they woke him up and said to him, teacher, don't you care that we're going to die? He got up, rebuked the wind and said to the sea, silence, be still. The wind ceased and there was a great calm. Then he said to them, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? And they were terrified and asked one another, who is this? Even the wind and the sea obey him. And what this got me thinking about when I was thinking about focus and what fear should drive us to, it made me think of this story and how the focus of the disciples was on the outside. The focus of the disciples was on the storm. They were looking at the storm. They were scared of the storm. They were freaking out when their focus should have been on Jesus, who was with them right there in the boat. And so as the boat is being rocked and as the waves are going over the sides of the boat, they're standing in the boat and they are looking at the rain. They are looking at the wind. They are looking at the storm and they should be looking at who is right there with them in the boat. The focus, they, they did turn their focus on Jesus, but it was to accuse him of wanting to let them die. Okay. And unfortunately, that tends to be sometimes our response. When things go bad, we say, God, what is this what you want from me, God? And instead of the focus being on how God is with us in those moments and how God is taking care of us in those moments, our focus turns toward just within. And so you have this Paul Atreides idea. Now, don't get me wrong. Paul is a great character and he's a great character in science fiction, but he's not someone you should really model your life after. Okay. And uh, with him, it's standing strong and it's being focused within. I can do this instead of focusing on who is in the boat with us? Instead of focusing on who is our refuge and our strength, instead of focusing on who is a great big chicken who's covering us with his feathers and his wings. And so when those financial worries happen and when the relational worries happen, when it's like, I don't get along with my spouse, what do I do? Or when it's like, um, I am all alone, I am lonely, what do I do? Or when it's like, my kids, they don't understand. They're just doing their own thing. What do I do? Or when it's your parents, my parents don't understand me and, and I need to be you know, who I was meant to be. What am I going to do? All of these things are things that we could have emotional responses to. Yes. But we also need to weather the storms in the refuge that God has made. And that refuge is he himself. Now that said, fear is 
the mind killer. We end up doing some really stupid things when we're feeling fear. And I think that, um, you know, for the disciples in the boat with Jesus, fear was the mind killer. They just weren't thinking. They just weren't thinking. Don't let fear be your mind killer. <laughs> Instead, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Turn your mind upon Jesus. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you are. And I just want to say then, thank you so much for spending time with me. Please hit like, hit subscribe if you're watching the videos. And don't forget, you can subscribe to the audio podcast wherever you find podcasts. Just look for strangers and aliens. And I want to thank you once again for spending some time with me. And wherever you go, wherever you are, remember, Lord your God will be with you. And also, I want to wish you Godspeed. You've been listening to the Strangers and Aliens podcast hosted by Ben Avery, Evan David, Steve McDonald, and Dr. Jason Neal. Our music was composed and mixed by Tim Leffel. We'd love for you to join the conversation by going to our website at strangersandaliens.com where you'll find show notes, articles, reviews, and more. You can also email us directly at podcast at strangersandaliens.com. Or you can join our social media conversations by following us on Twitter where we are at strangeandalien or liking us on Facebook at facebook.com slash strangersandaliens. Or leave us a voicemail by calling the Strangers and Aliens hotline. That number is 1-804-37-ALIEN. And once again, thanks for listening. I don't mean that God's a great big chicken.